Hey, before I start the show today, I just wanted to say that with the ridiculous sabotaging of the U.S. Postal Service, now is a great time to support both the USPS and the small businesses. Many small businesses like this show could be badly affected by this. So if you're able to, support small businesses in case shipping rates become ridiculous. On that note, I have some brand new enamel pins with the show's main logo now available in the store at BizarreAlbums.com. T-shirts are also now available, and the stock is running low, so don't miss out. I'll throw in some Bizarre Album stickers with every order. So visit the store at BizarreAlbums.com and support the USPS and small businesses like this show. Speaking of shows, let's get on with it. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, David Hasselhoff's Night Rocker from 1985. But the cheerleader's revenge knows no bounds. With the help of some all-American reds, whites, and blues, and a little gold from south of the border. This spaghetti is going to be out of sight. <laughs> See me and my friends in The Revenge of the Cheerleaders. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without guardian. That's the trailer for the 1976 sex comedy Revenge of the Cheerleaders. IMDb describes the movie as Aloha High cheerleaders who wield considerable power in their ineptly run school struggle against real estate developers aiming to merge their school with a rival one in order to turn the location into a shopping mall. The movie had actually been shot in 1974 and sat on the shelf for two years. It features an uncredited appearance from Robert Carradine, who you know better as Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds, and in a minor role, making his film debut as a character named Boner, a 22-year-old David Hasselhoff. He's said that he took the role to get into the Screen Actors Guild, and he never really expected the film to get released. In 1975, Hasselhoff would get his first big TV role. Hasselhoff took over the role of Dr. Snapper Foster on the daytime soap opera The Young and the Restless. Dr. Foster was an original character since the show debuted on March 26, 1973, but the role was initially played by William Gray Espy until July of 1975, and that's when Hasselhoff took over the role. During his years on the show, Hasselhoff began pursuing one of his other interests— here he is on the Merv Griffin Show in February of 1977. I live in uh, West L.A. I used to live in uh, Santa Monica uh, on the beach. But um, right now I'm, I'm trying to work on a singing career and working on my own songs. And it's very hard to live in an apartment building and sing at 3.30 in the morning. You writing your own songs? Yeah. Good. With a partner of mine. And so I moved to a house and I made the garage into a studio and bought some primitive recording equipment. And uh, working on some stuff. That's the way to do it. You know, it's a good way to get to know yourself and to know what not to do and what to do. Are you ready for your singing debut on our show? No. <laughs> no. Oh, come on, they'll love it. I'll wing it. And know. I love the song you've chosen. 
Oh, thank you very much. The theme from The Young and the Restless, and it's titled Nadia's Theme. Nadia's Theme, right. right. Okay. And here's David Hasselhoff to sing. It would still take Hasselhoff some more time for some real progress with his singing dreams. He became the biggest daytime star on television, but he started getting bored. Despite being offered $2,000 a day to stay on the show, which was a huge amount of money for daytime television at the time, Hasselhoff was ready for something new. In May of 1982, he left the show. Then, after spotting him on an airplane, NBC President Brandon Tartikoff has Hasselhoff come in and test for a new TV series about a modern crime fighter battling forces of evil with the help of an artificially intelligent, self-aware, and almost indestructible car called Kit. flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. David Hasselhoff was cast as the show's lead, Michael Knight. The car used for Kit was a customized 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. The voice of Kit would be provided by the future Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, William Daniels. NBC debuted Knight Rider on September 26, 1982. And it was a hit. Nice to have you back at the controls, Michael. Yeah! It's nice to be here, partner. It's very nice to be here. As the show grew in popularity, a lot of fan mail started showing up from young viewers who would address their letters to Michael Knight. Some of these letters were accidentally sent to the All My Children actor named Michael Knight. Soon after, that Michael Knight added his middle initial, E, to his screen name to avoid further confusion. Remember this, I'm going to be coming back to Michael E. Knight in a minute. In 1983, Hasselhoff's pursuit of a music career got a step closer. But just in South Africa, DGP Records, which today is South Africa's longest-running independent record company, released the single I Get the Message. Despite only being released in South Africa, he performed the song at the 1983 Jerry Lewis MDA Labor Day Telethon. Please welcome David Hasselhoff and Catherine Hickland. Catherine Hickland, who's featured on the song, was Hasselhoff's fiancé at the time. The two would marry a year later. Their marriage lasted for five years, and then in 1992, Hickland would get remarried. To Michael E. Knight. No way! Way. <laughs> As Knight Rider continued to have success, Hasselhoff continued his journey toward music. Here he is talking to CNN in 1984. Knight Rider 
opened the door. I started off as a singer. My wife started off as a singer. I said, hey, let me go undercover as a rock star. We'll get four original songs, and we'll go off there and rehearse our butts off and do the best we can, and we'll get an album deal out of this. I'm like, yeah, you're nuts. I got an album deal out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He was signed to Silver Blue Records. Silver Blue is a label, and at the time of Hasselhoff's signing, it was distributed by CBS Records and owned by Joel Diamond. Joel Diamond's website, joeldiamond.com, says... Joel Diamond is now celebrating his 50th year in the music industry and going stronger than ever. His vast experience has included everything from music publishing, record production, songwriting, personal management, and even having been a recording artist himself. He's held senior positions in both executive and creative capacities for major music companies, including Sony. So, in 1985... Silver Blue Records released David Hasselhoff's Night Rocker. Which once again proves my old theory, Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Capitalizing on Knight Rider's popularity, the album cover features Hasselhoff posing with a guitar on the hood of a black Pontiac Firebird reminiscent of Kit. The record starts with its title track, Night Rocker. The song was written by Peter Myers, who was best known for his songwriting and conducting work with jazz and gospel singer and future Touched by an Angel star, Della Reese. Up next is Crazy on a Saturday Night. On the original release, anyways. For some reason, on Spotify and the other streaming services, the song has been moved to track four. For reasons unknown to me, the majority of the album's sequence is now different. Love Me was written by Motown Records founder Barry Gordy Jr., and it was a hit single for The Contours in 1962. Amazingly, The Contours had a top 20 hit twice with Do You Love Me, originally hitting number 3 in 1962, 
and then going to number 11 26 years later when it was featured in the film Dirty Dancing. Hesselhoff didn't reach the charts with his version, but it was released as a single. Prior to the album's release, he appeared performing the song on a season one episode of the children's TV show Kids Incorporated. Well, I guess I got some heavy-duty studying to do. But I sure am going to miss your concert tonight. I'll tell you what. You study real hard. You crack those books. You pass those exams. And I'll do a song for you live. All you guys right now. On February 18, 1985, he performed the song on the Disneyland 30th anniversary celebration that was hosted by John Forsyth and Drew Barrymore and aired on NBC. He sings and dances alongside costumed Disney characters, even being driven to stage in kit. All right, David, I got you here in Tomorrowland on time. Now, knock him dead. Catherine Hicklin, who by now was married to Hasselhoff, is featured on three of the album's ten songs. Our First Night Together, No Way to Be in Love, and Let It Be Me. In May of 1984, an episode of Knight Rider, also titled Let It Be Me, featured Hicklin as a guest star. All three of her duets from the album are featured in the episode. The first of these duets, Our First Night Together, was even released as a single, but not until 1989, four years after the album's release. It's likely that timing had something to do with Hasselhoff's famous performance at the Berlin Wall on New Year's Eve of 1989, which was two months after the East German government opened the wall. More on that in a bit. For now, here's a little of Our First Night Together. Everything so fast we're caught up in a chain reaction who can say where it might lead tonight oh this could be our first night together listen to my heart and you'll know it's right doesn't it seem there's a spell falling over us hickland also appears in a photo with hasselhoff on the album's back cover and another of the duets with her is No Way to Be in Love, a song written by Brock Walsh and Glenn Ballard. I've mentioned Brock Walsh on the show before because he wrote a song on the Bruce Willis Return of Bruno album. Glenn Ballard would go on to co-write and produce Alanis Morissette's Grammy Award-winning album, Jagged Little Pill. Here comes another sunrise burning in my eyes, just get me up all night again. When the girl just can't stop taking me places I've never been. But when her heart's running cold, it's like she don't even know me, that like she don't even owe me the time. This is no way to be in love, no way this girl is driving me crazy. No Night Rocker failed to make waves in the U.S., but unbeknownst to Hasselhoff at the time, things were happening in Europe. According to an interview with NPR in Berlin, back in 1985, a girl named Nikki, no last name given, won a contest to have dinner with him at his home. Nikki shared some big news. Hasselhoff would say, quote, and she went, 
Oh, it's very nice to meet you. Your album Night Rocker is number one in my country. I went, where's your country? And she said, Austria. I said, oh, wow, where is Austria? End quote. Weeks later, he was playing sold-out shows in Austria. Success soon followed in Switzerland and Germany. And much bigger success followed in 1989 when he released his Looking for Freedom album. That album's title track basically became Germany's new freedom anthem, which led to the Berlin Wall performance. And now, Thank you very much. David, looking for freedom. Thank you. I'm ready. Okay. One morning in June, some 20 years ago, I was born a rich man's son. I had everything that money could buy, but freedom I have none. His success there still continues to this day. Speaking of Europe and taking it back to Night Rocker, the album's closer, Let It Be Me, was a song originally published in French back in 1955. It gained worldwide notoriety when the Everly Brothers took it to number 7 in 1960. Four years later, Betty Everett and Jerry Butler took it to number 5. Hasselhoff and Hickland did not have the same luck. So Silver Blue Records owner Joel Diamond also produced the album. Over the years, his other production credits have included Gloria Gaynor, Ray J, and Engelbert Humperdinck. Three years prior to Night Rocker, he produced an album for an actress best known for her roles in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Gremlins, Phoebe Cates. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.